Welcome back to the Pennant Stretch edition of Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. We have Roy Smalley, former Twin Star, current Twins broadcaster, off a off a, a hot uh, road trip, which I think he was responsible for. We have uh, Roy. We have Lavelle E. Neal III, Star Team columnist. I'm Jim Suhan, also from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. If you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And thanks to our sponsors. We have a, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks also to All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com, and Grain Belt, who is sponsoring a series of live shows in downtown Minneapolis as we near the playoffs. And it does look like the Twins are on their way to the playoffs. Not done yet, and we still have some drama to get to. Let us, as we so often do, start today's show with a tutorial from Roy Smalley before we get to all the other issues. Uh, Roy We've been marveling at Royce Lewis, the poise, the uh, personality, the production, but I just find it fascinating. What What is enabling him to hit the ball so hard to so many different parts of the ballpark and to, to thrive in the clutch uh, the way he has? He's got a great combination. He's got a star power combination of uh, talent with a bat in his hands, strength with a bat in his hands, strength mentally, and a great personality for, for this game. And, you know, you put that combination uh, together and you, you got a chance. And he's got more than a chance, I'll tell you. I mean, mechanically, he's uh, casual at the plate as, he, as he's looking for the ball. His hands are back when, he, when his front foot lands. He's in in real good hitting position most of the time. And then he's got fast, strong hands. He delivers the barrel to the ball um, really efficiently. He uh, keeps his body and his swing plane in center field just long enough to be able to not only hit, you know, good fastballs, but not get overly fooled by breaking ball. Uh, Hence the, the two grand slam home runs that he hit at home. On consecutive days with against breaking balls, one kind of down in the middle of the plate, the other a little bit away. They hit over the center field fence, and then a hanging one that he that he hit in the bullpen. Um, and at the same time, he's doing that. He's hitting an outside fastball over the right field fence, uh, absolutely crushing a two-no fastball that you know, that one that just put the game out of reach against uh, the the Indians on. Monday. Um, so, I mean, there just isn't anything that he is not able to do right now when he steps into the box. It's not going to be that way always. I mean, he's going to go through slumps. He's going to go through some times when he's not looking like he does right now. But I think in a full season type schedule, in a full month like we like he's had and, and is coming up, you know, I think every time he walks the plate, I think he's got a chance. Lavelle, um, what are you seeing out of him? What I'm seeing is scary because um, I, I don't remember anyone with the organization thinking that uh, Lewis could end up having 30 home run power when he was coming up through the system or when they drafted him or were scouting him. Um, but the stuff I see now, the, the way he gets to bat through the zone, uh, his wrist, uh, his hands, um, he could hit 30. And, you know, that changes the dynamic for him uh, immensely. Uh, he's fast. Um, there's, I mean, there's a guy who could be a five-tool player. 
uh, wherever you play him, is it short or third? Um, it's it's pretty impressive watching this guy at the play. And now, you know, it's like watching, God, I hate these comparisons, but it's like watching Mario Morneau when they first came up and they got in the box, you're like, they're going to get a hit or they're going to hit the ball hard somewhere. I mean, that's what you're thinking when Royce Lewis is at the plate now. Um, he's not going to be, he's not going to uh, let his mind uh, interfere with hitting. Um, he's going to see ball, hit ball. If he has two strikes, he's going to be willing to hit the ball where it's pitched. Uh, it's just it takes some great at bats, and it's infectious. You know, um, the most charismatic twin since Puckett, perhaps. Uh, yeah, veteran guy is looking forward to having him back in the clubhouse. That tells you a lot about the person, the guy's personality. It's and it's just it's fun to watch him play, man. Um, he's he's a draw. He's going to be a draw going forward. It just cross your fingers and hopes hope that he stays healthy. It doesn't have. Injury bug hit him, but uh, now nah, I'm starting to see a guy who get 30 plus homers a year uh, with the way he swings at bat. And, and I think the key here is th- he, whatever power number he ends up with, whether it's 25, 30, 35, he's not going to give up the plate. He's not going to give up half the plate just looking for that pitch he can drive. He can hit it everywhere. Roy, what strikes me is that you know I saw Puckett and Molitor thrive in part because they had such short swings. They're so short to the ball. It kind of kept them out of bad slumps and, and not allowed them to be competitive against great pitching. I see Royce with a longer swing, but enough intelligence that he can use that swing productively. Am I in the right uh, track there? Yeah, I think he's got um I, I think he's got a longer swing in that his hands start from further back away from his body. I mean, in the launch in the launch position, as they call it. When it, you know the front foot lands, your hands should be back as far as they're going to go, uh, and then you're in hitting position, right? You, you've established your foundation with your legs, and your and your hands are back, so you're going to take a full swing at the ball. So the question then becomes, how do you deliver your hands and therefore the big end of the bat from that position? And if the first move is, you know, open up your shoulder, open up your hips then delivering the the barrel becomes problematic because then the bat uh or if you're or, or at the same time if you're if you're concerned overly concerned about launch angle from low to high the big end of the bat's going to drop too much it's going to be below the the flight path of the ball and you're going to have trouble catching up when he starts from the launch position he's much even though it's a little bit longer than um certainly than Paul Molitor and to some degree Puck, um, his plane, his where his hands go through the zone to deliver the big end of the bat is very direct. And he's also not committing himself with his body so much that he can't adjust last instant. So it's just, it is a bit longer swing, but it's, it's, closer in efficiency level to uh, Puck and Molitor than to most guys that have a longer swing. Lavelle, I, I think he's the best player on the team. Am I wrong? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think he single-handedly helped level the playing field a little bit uh, in terms of the inability to hit lefties. Um, I, I, I've noticed an uptick in average and a, little, a bit of an uptick in OPS, you know, uh, since he's been in the lineup. Uh, 
you know, but that could be a number of factors, but I think he's a, he's a, he's a main factor. Um, here's the thing though, Jim, when, when Kirilov's going good, he looks like the best hitter on the team. Uh, Julian looks like he could be the best hitter on the team from time. I, I want it. I can't wait to see a lineup with both Kirilov and, and Lewis swinging it good. Um, cause it's, it's pretty impressive because those are two guys who can use the whole field. Uh, we know Kirilov can definitely hit it out to the opposite field and, um, he should be back in line here pretty soon, man. So, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Lewis is the best player, especially if you if you want to add the uh, defensive component because it looks like he's pretty doggone uh, capable and athletic at third. That's the one thing I like about him. It's you see you see that athleticism, and I, I like seeing it on this team uh, because uh, I'm not saying it's devoid of of athletes, but uh, watching him and his actions are just uh, you just look like he's going to do something good. Let's get to a guy who probably should be. The best player on this team. Once again, this is Chin Music. There's our baseball show at talknorth.com. You can find all of our shows at talknorth.com. Football, hockey, outdoor content, uh, basketball, John Krasinski. Every sport pretty much is covered. Prep stay with John Millay, Jeff Diamonds, Vikings, and NFL Insider. Everything's at talknorth.com. If you find a show you like, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Once again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. And Brandon Morton is our longtime producer. We'll let you know when our next live show is going to happen uh, in downtown Minneapolis and where it will be. Uh, So Byron Buxton, sounds like the uh, Twins are going to have some kind of a a conference about what to do about Byron. He played in two games in St. Paul. His knee was bothering him. It's a terrible sign for him and the franchise. Lavelle, let's start with you. What what do you expect to come out of this? Well, this start. This is a week. Uh, this is a week in uh, in in um, in the making, Jim. Um, I had a conversation with a Twins official a week ago today, and he was telling me that you know Buxton's you know frustrated because he doesn't want to be considered injury prone and he's sensitive to everything especially in the first year of a big contract. And um, while the twins maintain, because I this led to other uh, text messages and conversations with twins folks, and they maintain that he didn't have many problems during the regular season, So, which sounds like he may have had a couple issues with the knee during the season. But he developed patella tendonitis um, during this ramp up trying to play the outfield. So the the plan was for him to just kind of rest the knee, and I've had patella tendonitis. You probably have had it. I take that back. You're you're the epitome of fitness. You two guys. I'm the fat guy here, but I just after a few days, and if you rest and put ice and take some medication, it's fine. You know. So um, the frustration, well, the disappointment from the twins' point of view is that. His other injuries were, were blunt force injuries, uh, falling a ball off your toe and breaking it, getting hit with a pitch, sliding into a base, running into a wall. Now he's had a pulled hamstring, and now he's got uh, tendonitis in his knee. And so now they're bummed out because it's like non-acute injuries that are uh, that are, that are plaguing him. So uh, I checked in with someone in midweek, and uh, I was told Wednesday night they're going to have a meeting today, which is Friday. So they're hoping to reset the timeline uh, for him to uh, try to ramp up again. Um, they're hoping that, you know, this is just, you know, the type of tendonitis that once it goes away, he'll be fine for a while. But we really don't know. And I think at this point, you got to be ready to go either way with this, either that he's going to try to ramp up to play in the outfield again, or, you know, they, they may decide to say, let's try, let's try this in 2024 because uh, it's not clicking. But it just depends on how Buck feels. And um, how he wants to help the team because he can't be a DH only. He can't. There's too many good things happening with that batting order right now 
because Rocco is able to float guys through the designated hitter spot. And he can't clock it. He's going to have to get out in the field and um, and, and play a little bit. So um, so today should be very interesting. Oh, I hope I, I know there was a meeting today. I don't know if there was supposed to be an announcement. So now that we've published a story on StarTribune.com about the meeting, maybe this will force them to have an announcement. So well, maybe we'll get some clarity going forward on, on Big Buck there. We're recording this on Friday afternoon before the Twins start the series against the Mets. By the time you hear this, there probably will have been some at least commentary about it because Rocco's uh, due to meet with the media about an hour and a half. Of course, we're not going to have that included in this show, but we'll be monitoring this as we go forward. Roy, any thoughts on this situation? Well, yeah, just to um, amplify what Lavelle said, um, I mean, the patellar tendonitis, everybody's had that. I mean, I had it my whole career. I mean, it, I mean, it's. I think it's generally called jumper's knee. It's the tendon mm-hmm. right right in front of the, uh, you know, the tip of the kneecap. That's where, that's, that's where the pain is. I fought that most of my, uh, among other things in my knees, most of, most of my career, uh, which is not to say that, that Buck is fake anything or can't play through injury. I mean, it's, it's when it, there are degrees of patellar tendonitis, it can be, it can be, you know, debilitating. Um, I kind of not surprised that, um, I mean, not that I would have been looking for it to happen, but now that it has, I mean, you would think he, he really hasn't done a lot other than, you know, go up and swing the bat. And, you know, a lot of that, I mean, he's never really, only a few times has he gone, you know, first to third, you know, home to third, let's say. So, you know, back going back in center field, having not done a lot, I mean, that, that kind of tendonitis can happen pretty, pretty easily. And that, I know it's got to be, it's got to be frustrating uh, for him. I, um, it's not the same thing as having a cyst behind the knee that he's, you know, and different things he's had. I mean, this is the frustrating thing is this is kind of a new thing that anybody could have, right? It could, it could have happened in his left knee, you know, it could, could have been anything. So it's too bad, but, um, I, I think the point that Lavelle makes is the right one. He's got to play center. I mean, I don't know who would you, who would you rather have after him not playing for a while? As good as he is, I mean, is he going to is he going to walk in and, and DH instead of Julian or instead of you know Royce Lewis when they want to DH him or instead of one of the catchers, hit yeah. a pitcher? I don't know. It's Jeffers. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it, it's uh, it's a tough situation. I, I mean, it, it would be wonderful even if he weren't swinging the bat great. It'd be wonderful to have him back in field just. Just in case he happened to get it going at the plate too, but just and just play center great defense in the meantime. But boy, if I'm the Twins, I have a hard time saying, you know, he's okay to he's okay to DH. Then then what do you do with with somebody else that's deserving? So I don't know. And there's a that cyst. They can't do anything with that cyst. It's in the back of the knee. And there's no way they can like get rid of it. I mean, it's just something he's going to deal with too. So I don't know. It, it, to me, yeah, the, the problem way it was ex- with cysts in the back of the knee is that is that there's so many really important nerves. Not that any are more important than the other, but I, but I, in this case, you you try to go in there and take it out, and you hit a nerve, and then then you got real real problems. So uh, or you disrupt the nerve pathways in some way, trying to get that thing out of there. I mean, I've had I've had some experience with people that I know that you know had similar things. So I mean, I get that. You're right. There's not a lot they can do. 
Man. Well, we'll we'll continue to get into this issue. That was some pretty good deep stuff right there. Let's get into uh, some more mundane baseball stuff with the Twins. Platooning, uh, who's hot, who's cold. Who would be? The, and here's a fun one. Who should be the game one starter in the playoffs, presuming the Twins get there? We do want to let you know we're coming from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Fall is here, and that means crisp, cool air. And turning on your furnace only to find out it's old, tired, and worn out. Scott for Aquarius Home Services with some good news. Now through October 14th, Aquarius is having a huge fall blowout sale with 25% off whole home heating and cooling systems. Yep, 25% off a new furnace and AC system. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com to schedule your free in-home consultation and enjoy a cozy, comfy home for years to come. Thanks also to All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. All energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar for your home or business or both at allenergysolar.com slash coach or just go to allenergysolar.com and educate yourself on going solar. Thanks again to uh, Grainbelt and their sponsorship of our live shows. And uh, so let's get to it, guys. Uh, if the se- if the postseason started today, who's your game one starter? Let's start with Lavelle. I'm going Sonny Gray. Um, you, you know, you, there's, these are going to be bullpen games anyway, and Sonny's pitching during the regular season like he'll probably pitch during the postseason, which means uh, after the sixth inning, the bullpen's going to be in the game uh, because Sonny has cruised in most of his outings this year and has looked great. But he, he, oh, he seems to hit a wall there in the sixth or seventh inning. Um, so uh, he's... He's well equipped to uh, to handle these things. And two, because um, I'm actually going to call for Sunday. I'm writing about. Uh, I'm pretty much declared the Twins the champions, and I have um, trying to figure out. I'm writing about who could be the better matchup for the Twins in the first round. And uh, he's got great numbers against Seattle. He's faced them a lot uh, um, during his career in Oakland. He's got decent numbers against against the Rangers too. So. Um, and the fact that you can come back with Pablo Lopez in the second game, I think that's pretty awesome. So I would go Sonny Gray one. I know Pablo's been in front of him for most of the season, but I think once you get to the postseason, I would I would give Sonny the ball. Uh, before we get going far, before we get Roy's answer on that, I just want to point out that Lavelle may have just doomed the Twins to third place in the division. Uh, Lavelle's picks tend to uh, <laughs> Lavelle's picks tend to not survive very long. I, if I were the Twins, I would check into a hotel with rubber walls and uh, heavy security. <laughs> and and I also have to say, Roy goes on the, the most important road trip of the season and goes four and two, and now Lavelle's trying to undo all of it. <laughs> I yeah, I, I noticed that. And uh, given the fact that um, I, as you said, uh, did do my job and got. I figured that going on the road, that Twins needed at least four wins. They got those four, um, and uh, so I, I'm happily uh, responsible for that. Um, but I would, uh, I'll disagree with Lavelle, or just be, just go a different direction. I mean, I, I would, I would do it the same exact way they did it in Cleveland. They set up the rotation so that it would be uh, Lopez, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan. And uh, I think it's fair to say that that start against Cleveland in their ballpark, given uh, what was all that was going on, that start for Pablo Lopez was, you know, maybe his biggest start of his career uh, in terms of having it something mean, having something. 
uh, and he delivered. I mean, he pitched great. And I like, I personally like the fact of splitting up the the higher velocity fastballs, Lopez and and Ryan. So you go Lopez based on stuff and and stomach, because uh, I think he's I think he's tough. I think you uh, you come back with Sonny Gray's melange of of stuff that he is up, he throws up there, all the breaking stuff, cut, slider, curve. Great word. Fastballs all over the place. And uh, then you then you, you come back the third day with Joe, you know, high fastballs and, and split fingers. So I, I, I just – I like the way it turned out in Cleveland. I like that idea. I'd go with that. Melange. I think Roy wins the debate just because he uses the word melange. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll take a no. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I, I, in this case, I, I do agree with Roy. I, I, I just think Pablo is the franchise ace. I think Sonny's had – to date, right now, he's had the better season. He's just performed a little bit better overall. I just think uh, I like Lopez on the mound in game one. Same reason they gave him the opening day start. Same reason they set up the rotation for him to be on the mound in game one in Cleveland. Uh, you know, you hope that they both pitch well, obviously, and it might not matter what the order is. I just think that that's the way they're probably going to go. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I don't, what, I, don't think it's, I, I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, um, only because I mean, it, I, you can if, if Lopez were to get beat, uh, then you come back with Sonny, who's awfully tough. I mean, that's you know that's great. Um, if if, um, if Sonny you know goes out there and and wins game one, and I mean, and now you got Lopez to Lovell's point, that's great. I mean, I I just don't think it's I don't think it 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 makes a whole lot of difference. I just like the way it's set up. Let's get to another yeah, so, right-hander here. Uh, Louis Varland, uh, kind of a bulldog guy, uh, comes up as a bullpen guy and basically makes the point, hey, I told these guys I want to be a starter. That's where I want to be. That's where the money is. Um, he didn't say anything outrageous or crazy. He didn't say anything that a million pitchers haven't thought. Did it bother either of you that he brought up those topics when he's getting called to the big leagues to help a team win right now? Again, let's start with Lavelle. Man, I've been looking up stuff about uh, like Twins history recently, and you should have saw the quotes that like Gary Gaetti and Herbeck had in the paper through the years. Those guys did not give a bleep about what they were saying and who they were saying it about. <laughs> there was a day, it was a day where um, the day they traded for Tom Brunaski with the Angels, and I think they sent Butch Weininger out there or something, you know. And Herbeck's in the paper going, well, I guess I'm next. <laughs> and, 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 and they're like, but wait a minute, but Calvin likes you. And then Herbert comes back with, yeah, he liked Butch Weininger too. You know, so I, I'm like, I'm reading this, I'm just laughing. And Gaetti does not give a crap about, you know, talking trash about opponents or anything, man. Well, at that version of Gaetti, not the one that was religiously converted later in his life. But, uh, you know, it was it was a breath of fresh air, like reading some of this stuff, because I think. So think so many things are programmed now. No one wants to say anything that's going to get him in trouble, or maybe view it as insensitive, um, or just bring controversy out there. And the fact that Louis was like, "Hey, starters get paid, man. Um, I want to be a starter." I didn't mind that. In fact, the, the thing about Louis is that when he first got called up, people in in St. Paul were telling me he's kind of reserved, uh, gets nervous around reporters, doesn't really like say a lot. It's been totally the opposite since he's been been with the twins he's been he's been talkative and funny and engaging and and um uh i went over to st paul earlier this year when he got sent down and uh i was 
think I was talking to Dallas Keiko when I was doing the Keiko story. And all of a sudden, Louis like yelling from the side of the field, "Hey, there's Al Newman!" Because he had <laughs> heard the Al the Al Newman trope <laughs> when he was up with the twins, <laughs> you know. So I see personality. I don't. I like seeing that leak into the media every every now and then. So I was all for it. Yeah, I think there are times for for a guy to you know, pound on the table and say, "I want to be a starter." Uh, when you've been up and down, you're a rookie, and now they bring you up in the heat of the pennant race. And you got a chance, chance to help the team. I think you keep your mouth shut in, in terms of whether you want to, whether relieving is really what you want to do. And you're grateful for the opportunity to try to help your team. And you pitch your ass off and then come back with some real leverage and say, oh, by the way, next year I'm starting. But I just think, that, I, I just think it was ill advised for him to tell the manager and he, he gets called up. Uh, it, you know, I mean, would he rather be starting in triple a or going home watching on tv or does he want to come out of the bullpen in the pennant race and i i just think it you know there's plenty of time for louis varland personality at some point in time i just i i just i'd like to see kids say you bet skip whatever you want and go out and go out and show them why you you are next year going to say hell with that i'm a starter but just not now they're trying to win a pennant he did I say agree. all hands are on deck so i mean i think he got it maybe that was told to him and it sunk in, but he did say, you know, it is all hands on deck, so I got to be a team player. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he didn't say it. He didn't say it, it badly, you know. I, I just, it wasn't like he was whining, uh, you know. I mean, I think he just wanted to make it known that, you know, don't be thinking. About, I'm happy to be here. Don't make make. Don't be thinking that I'm, that I'm making me a reliever. But I just, I, I just think that uh, discretion, the better part of valor here in that particular instance, just say, God, I love to, it's a, it's a privilege to be here trying to, I want to help the club, you know, get in the playoffs. I agree. And also what if Royce Lewis had spent a lot of time, what if Royce Lewis had said, ah, I'm a shortstop. I, I, you know, I'll play third base because I have to, I mean, Royce Lewis never said anything like that. He just wants to be in the lineup and, and it's the greatest cliche in sports. I just want to help the team win, but it's also an important thought to have in your head. I'll also say this, Farland's stuff is better in short doses and we could go, we could spend an hour here naming all of the people who ended up not ended up going from being a starter to a bull, uh, to a bullpen person and having great careers because of it. Eddie Gordado was a failed starter, all-star closer, but Troy Hawkins failed starter, all-star caliber uh, reliever who spent 20 plus years in the big leagues because of his attitude as well as his stuff. Uh, no, Joe Nathan, uh, was a failed starter, all-star closer. Glenn Perkins, failed starter, all-star yeah. closer. Rick Aguilera. It's we could go all, we could do this all day. So I I understand you want to start, but you you know you're a kid and you haven't done anything in the major leagues yet. You might just have to do what you need to do. Yeah, that you know that uh, all that stuff gets gets settled. You you settle that yourself. Yep. By how you pitch, you know. So yeah, I want to be a starter. Okay, so you're starting. Uh, you know, I think it's time, young man. I think you, 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 what you're seeing is you're what we're seeing is you're really good for two innings or something. You know, not not for six. And we don't have we have no idea where Louis is going to be. I mean, he might have the stuff to be and the makeup to be a starter. But I mean, I think that that will all settle itself. And if he's going to throw 100 miles an hour, uh, closers get paid too. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You can, and you can pitch a long time and make a lot of money doing that. All right. Last topic for this show. Thanks again to Roy Lavelle, Brandon, and thank you for listening.
listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, Lavelle, you wrote something about Duran earlier this week. He has been uh, he's gotten the job done in general. He hasn't been quite as spectacular lately. Uh, any any signs of concern? Yeah, as I pointed out, uh, and you know, I talked to people at the club again before I wrote the column. Is it that? They're trying to get his curveball back. And if you if you remember the first half of the season, he had a nice little snapdragon going on there. And it's been I really haven't seen him many times over the last month. And I've noticed he's he's thrown more of that split fingered sinker, that splinker pitch. And for some reason, even though it's a it's a novelty pitch, damn near, uh guys get the they get the bat on those pitches somehow. And I I and I, I it seems impossible because it's 97 and it's got this sharp downward movement. Um, but guys are touching it. And um, I was told that he's lost some confidence in throwing the curveball and they've got to get that confidence back in him to throw it with conviction. And, and so it could do damage. Cause I think paired with the heater uh, at 102, you know, he's, he's a guy who could be a dominating force. And it's just not uh, clicking right now. Maybe it's just a little blip in the screen. He'll get it back here in the next you know week or two. Maybe it could be this weekend against the Mets. Who knows? But hey, it's, it's something that the twins are aware of and they're trying to address with him. So the only thing uh, to the question is of the splinker, uh, the reason I think hitters are catching up with that is because they're geared for 102. So, I mean, if you're geared for 95 and you get 90, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to like it. Uh, if you're geared for 102 and you get 97 and the ball doesn't sink a lot, you're going to be all over it. That the splinker is a great pit starts knee high because that's when it goes down. But right. when he throws belt high or mid-thigh high, that, that ball has a ten- tendency not to go down as much, and it's five or six miles an hour slower. And so, you know, I think the guy, I, I think it, it's doing guys a favor, you know, a lot. I think it's a really great throw for the knees and bouncing on the plate, 0-2 pitch. Uh, but I, I think to have that, you know, to go in there and say, well, they might, they might be looking fastball. I only throw 102, so let me throw this splinker. I, I, don't, I personally don't like it. And I like the breaking ball that he has, except for the one he threw yeah. um, behind um, the, oh, yeah. the catcher for Cleveland. You know, <laughs> um, But anyway, he'll find it. He'll figure it out. All right. Uh, get a final thought from everybody. Once again, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Uh, this is the place to find great breakdowns on the Twins as they approach the playoffs and into October. Uh, Lavelle, final thought on anything you like. Ah, oh, it's something I don't like. I don't like the fact that I'm not keeping okay. up in the music scene enough. Okay. Uh, Eric Clapton's at the X on September 14th. I just found this out a week ago. I was like, how did I miss this? Uh, you know, one of the legend, legendary guitar players of all time. Uh, it's going to be at the X. I'm going to, well, I, actually, I should try to see if I can still get tickets. But I just found out he's playing, man. I, I Did you guys know? I did not know. And I'm a little bummed out uh, when I found out because I would have acted on this when tickets were on sale the first day. You know what I think has happened in our society uh, to go really big picture here is I used to get up every morning and read every page of the newspaper, at least glanced at every page of the newspaper. And I used to read the uh, the free local newspapers, you know, from Minneapolis, uh, whether it was city pages or whatever. City pages. Yeah. And uh, there was a in Twin Cities reader, I believe there was back in the day. And you know what? I always knew everything that was happening everywhere. Now, because I do most of my reading online, I go find what I want to read. I catch up on what I think I need to know. And I don't, but I don't come across things anymore. I don't, I, you know, the great thing about the old days when we actually read newspapers is you would accidentally find out things. And, and that's, uh, that's, how we're going to end the show with uh, old newspaper guys complaining about people not reading the newspaper, including us. 
Yeah, how about that? Uh, and we're still in the business. We don't even read our own work. <laughs> and, and you know what? I do sometimes, but it's just not the daily routine it used to be. And we all used to do it. And now I just feel like I miss out on stuff all the time. But I just, I feel like I, there's stories I miss just because I, I get pulled away from like the main online headline, you know? Yep. Um, especially like reading, because we may have like a good high school story in the newspaper and it gets overlooked uh, online sometimes. And I, that blows yep. me out. We should all read the newspaper. And I know it's not going to happen anymore, but we all should. <laughs>